0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Family Business Podcast. My name is Dominique Sampson.
1: And my name is Malobi Sampson II.
0: And on this podcast, we're gonna talk about everything from relationships, careers, God, therapy. Listen, we are talking about it all.
1: So sit back, relax, and let us take you on the adventure of a lifetime. Hello, people. How are you guys doing? Welcome back to another installment of our podcast. Thank you guys for joining us so far. We really enjoy having you guys here with us.
0: (laughs) As you know, we are a family of three. Growing. So you may hear... well,
1: A grown family. Like, you know, we're just a family (laughs) that's growing. And we got a young one in the background. I'm just like... We don't babysit him out. We just have him sit in with us.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So he's here with us. You may hear him from time to time. And hey, it is what it is at this point. Exactly. So um, let's talk about. So Wakanda Forever just Mm -hmm. came out on Disney. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. And so it was already out in the movie theaters, but it just came out on Disney Plus so everybody can watch it if you, you know, didn't check it it out in the movie theaters. So I know as a family, we sat down to watch it and we really, really enjoyed watching it. So what do you think about it? What did you think about it?
1: What did I think? about? Okay. well, I thought. (laughs)
0: What'd you think about it?
1: I thought it was a really good movie. Um, You know, I know... I'll speak for myself first before I speak on the opinions of others. There was a few reasons why I liked it. Right. One of the reasons, I'm a fan of Ryan Coogler. I think he's doing an excellent, excellent job. My personal dream one day is to work with him and be able to either collab Be a camera person, be (laughs) someone to give advice, give him his iPad when he asks for something, you know, just just really (laughs) connect or work with him um, in some capacity. So I liked it for that. Um, I also liked it because uh, he did a really good job. Okay, so before I can jump right into that, I have Mm -hmm. to jump to another film. Okay, Zack Snyder, who's another director, white director doesn't matter what his race is, but he's an awesome director, cinematographer, collaboration. That's what I would like to be. Someone who directs and every now and again gets behind the camera and is actually on the camera and working it out. And so he did the film uh, Justice League. And when he did the Justice League film, man, that film was super long. If you remember, it was about four hours long and they had segments. So they had like Superman segment. They had the um, cyborg segment, the Batman segment, and then you had the wonder woman segment. And recently I know that there's been a huge conversation amongst some that, you know, they're pushing this woman everywhere and downplaying on the man and stuff, but the parts that they're giving to some of these women are done very, very well. So I wanted to jump to Zack Snyder really quick because when they do the scene in the beginning Within, like, I think the first 15 minutes of the Justice League film, there's a scene where the women are inside and they're protecting this box. And the enemy comes in to try to steal this box. I'm forgetting the bad guy's name right now, but the main bad guy's in there to steal it. And then she's like... um, I think the woman yelled and they're like show us your fear, something. show us how we respond to this moment and it's mm-hmm. like we have no fear and mm-hmm. all the women yelled this and it was like it was like man it gave you chills in that moment uh, wow. and so I also liked the opening scene in this film and how they had the woman protecting the lab and mm-hmm. so these French mercenaries or these French uh, army comes in and they try to steal some vibranium because they think it's at this lab they get in and the Wakanda woman kick their butt. (laughs) And then they come into the UN. She makes them sit down in her language. Mm -hmm. And then essentially it's like, this was our polite way of handling this. If you continue to push us, you will handle this in a much more egregious way. And so they wrote that so well, and it gives you chills to see like powerful women in that role. And so in my life, there's a lot of powerful women and someone Very wise once said, just because you have women rising up doesn't mean that men have to be weak. It just means that the men are as strong or stronger because they're able to work together with these strong women. Right. And so for me, there's so many other reasons why I liked it. Right. I loved how they this is a spoiler alert, by the way. So if you haven't seen it, please (laughs) go and see it. Yeah. Sure. Right. But they ended it so well. I'm gonna jump to the end. They did so well because they showed T'Challa's son, who's also named T'Challa. So they're setting up to bring men back. So even if mm-hmm. you feel like, dang, we lost that on all the men, what are they doing with all the men? Mm-hmm. They're bringing them back. And his son speaks Haitian fluently. So he's going to be a strong global Is leader. Haitian a language? Uh, no it's French they speak French in Haiti I'm sorry thank you for correcting me <laughs> on that and uh, they also speak a local language uh, it's not patois but it's something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's cool to see that and side note if Chadwick had lived mm-hmm. and they wrote his story in they were going to write his story in a way in which him and Nikita break it off Nikia, Nikia break it off and so when they break it off Um, she was going to be a single mother or she was going to be a mother with another man. Okay. So have a stepfather, have a stepfather figure for the son. And she doesn't tell the stepfather that it's not his son. So then you have this other weird thing going on. Yeah. And then uh, Chadwick would have come in or black Panther T'Challa would have come in, found out it was his son and they go on a mission and in going on the mission, they discover he discovers it's his son, and then they also takes his son on, like, a father-son adventure or whatever. Oh, wow. But I, I, I would have not preferred that kind of story just because I'm like, dang, so you mean to tell me, like, you're going to continue to... Pr- so it's either that you project women strongly or that, like, the men are questionable in the household, and so then you have, like, these group of families raising people. So you're you know really I mean?
0: happy with how then... Ryan Cooper told the story.
1: Yeah, it was a um, str- it was a better pivot. I think a sh- uh, it was a nice pivot, especially with like such short notice, mm, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Um, the deadline for these films were still supposed to come out. And some films they delay. And I know the feedback from some people was, "Oh, they should have just recast them." They recast other that wouldn't have been people. good though if they recast them. They yeah, did such a good job he did. I don't, don't know who could have played them. There, yeah, there I are a lot of there. people who probably could have filled in and done it differently, but I don't know who could have replace them what were you saying you were jumping in sorry I'm so this is film stuff so I'm like I'm hype (laughs) I'm in this thing
0: (laughs) but I don't think they should have uh, recast him though honestly why not I don't don't think anybody could have played his part as well as him Mm. and then it would have been awkward to like we know he passed away in real life so it's like it's awkward to see him pass like know that he passed away and experience this thing and in the film not acknowledge that at all Mm. that would have been awkward yeah, um, for me, even Fast and Furious when they did that, um, Paul Walker. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't know his name, but I just remember the song because yeah. it was such a moving song and made you cry when you heard it. It's been a long day without you, my friend, and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. That was such a good song. I was, was like, I didn't even know anybody. Whiskerly Khalifa died. and <laughs> but it was Smith so did a really good sad. job. With that. Yeah, it was. So when he died, they didn't recast him.
1: Mm, they nah, did
0: well his brother but yeah. his brother is his um so I think it, it borders a line because his brother is his twin identical twin yes. so when they recast him it was almost like you didn't like if Chadwick had an identical twin okay that might have made sense but you're gonna give this whole like other person a thing that's not that's not even cool but because it was his brother it was like when he was acting the role I felt like it was him mm. And so I felt like he felt the pain of, like, his brother leaving, like, him having to play this role. Probably. He's like, I'm standing in for my brother who can't be here. So right. it's even more intense. Mm. And I'm, like, doing this thank you tribute and this I love you tribute to my yeah. brother. So, it, like, when they played the song, it made it even that much more, like, Uh I'm going to have to watch that movie again.
1: you. Right in the feel.
0: Yeah, I might have to watch it again. Because it really, like, everything in me was, like, shaking. Stevie Wonder has a song um, <clears throat> where he says, You can feel it all
1: mm-hmm. over.
0: They can feel it all over mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about music and this ability for the music to just, like, go through you and for you to feel but, it. But, so I think but, about uh, when I hear that song, it literally gives me the feels.
1: Yeah, it definitely so, does. What you, What sorry. did you like About this film
0: I mean my favorite part Was Was of course Him bringing back Was them introducing T'Challa Prince T'Challa Specifically Prince T'Challa Yeah Um, I really like
1: His dimples And his smile Yeah he was
0: a cute kid He was a very cute kid Um, But I What I really like In the film Is like The integrity And character Of the Wakandans
1: Mm. Keep going
0: So I, you know, I really like that because when they could have killed the young girl, they didn't, when they could have given her over, they didn't. And so it was just like, they were an integrist group of people. Mm-hmm. And I like that he really painted them in that way. That was, um, upstanding. I, you know, I was kind of curious about why he pinned Mexican against African American or against African. Yeah. But I also know that if he's coming from this lens of like being from LA and this, these two
1: cultures, California,
0: California yeah. kind of beefing. Then I mean, it makes sense to me. But I, you know, that's what I liked about the film. You, you, I'm gonna ask you a question. You mentioned something about being like they're being strong women, mm-hmm. and this role that he put forth. And that was the feedback from the first film that he did, Black Panther, um, was that he had he painted black women. In this really great, powerful, powerful great, yeah. light. Exactly. This really yeah. powerful light. And I didn't have to compromise. And even the... Um, I wasn't sure, but one of the the her name but one of the guards the general
1: akoya
0: akoya yeah she, she takes off her wig and is like Ugh, get this mm, off of me yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. she like wants to be her natural ball head self right yeah which you call her a ball head demon in this <laughs> <You one>. did, <laughs> she wanted did. to be her ball head so but it was just like she was very powerful and they were very powerful even his yeah. mother being queen like the father had died t'challa had died right. and so no other man took the throne it would like it Fell to her being queen. Right. So, what do you think about uh, not just in that film in general, but powerful I mean, women?
1: What do I think about powerful women? Yeah,
0: what is like your.
1: I have. I'm surrounded by them. <laughs> I'm surrounded by powerful women. And um, I think this is an interesting question, too, because um, we inevitably tie in the scripture. Right. Many times people default to the scripture that women are to be quiet in church Mm. or they're supposed to submit to their husbands. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we often hear at our church that our pastor has said is, um, what do you do when the men are absent or they're not on their post or something happens with the men and you're left with a woman? Should they then abandon their home? Mm. Right. And even in the scripture, I was listening to somebody today. I think his name is Alan Parr. Not today, a few days ago. Alan Parr really great uh, minister in person who like dives deep into the word. And he was saying, you know, in okay. scripture it talks about how the women are to keep quiet. And if they have questions, go home to their husbands and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And then he responds by saying he, in that passage, his deduction from that passage is that what's happening there is specific to that church. And the women there were challenging their husbands publicly mm. and causing uproar or whatever. So that it was like, now more people are second guessing what the husband of this household was proposing? Interesting, interesting. And so, as a result, you have this thing where it's like, "Yeah, we're gonna look to you as a leader." But w- w- wait a minute, weren't you just? Yeah, me? your your wife over here saying <laughs> something <laughs> she, opposite she, what you' she saying. Was dog walking. Yeah, basically, you know, it's like, yeah, no, we should love each other, love each other. You up in here, you know, mm-hmm. doing whatever. And so now it's like, well, are we to love each other? Because mm-hmm. you can't walk mm-hmm. it out. So, so then the response is like, be quiet. Mm-hmm. Like if you have, if you want to question the authority, do it at home. Mm-hmm. Don't come here and try to exercise or flex your power mm-hmm. thinking that you're doing something. And I would argue those would be weaker women because mm. they don't have the power to restrain themselves in a time when it's when it's important. Yeah, it's good. Right. And so that but he also poses the question, Well, what happens if you're not married? Do you never get your questions answered? What happens in an instance where, um, you know, say that um, your husband dies? Right. Or so many things could be happening. And as these things are happening now how do I reconcile if the scripture only applies for every woman all over the world every time? Right. And so, and I'm not claiming to be the expert, but that was his interpretation. And so it made me think about it differently where it's like, okay. Mm -hmm. So for me, I believe powerful women are necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when you think about black communities, like a lot of, the most powerful black men that we see are supported by very strong black women. Mm -hmm. And we don't take away the title of the black man because of how strong their woman was. Right. So I'll give you some examples. When you think about, uh, president Barack Obama, his wife, Michelle Obama is very, a very strong woman. When you think about Dr. Martin Luther King, when you think about Coretta Scott King, she's a very, very powerful woman. And just all the things we don't even know all the behind the scenes that go on, But you get to see their strength, you know, and so it's important.
0: Yeah. So I'm thinking about um, when you talk about this idea of a powerful woman, I, you know, I think we should define Mm -hmm. what you think or what we think really powerful woman is, because a lot of times black women specifically, we get this um, bad rap, the bad rap or the feedback that we're being aggressive Women, mm-hmm. when to some of us in our cultures and our family upbringings, that looks like being a strong, powerful woman. Mm-hmm. And so, how does strong, powerful woman in my culture translate to aggressive? You know, not talking about because um, I've been called aggressive and I've been called aggressive from black men. Mm-hmm. So, not necessarily um, even dealing with like white society, white like yeah, yeah. them out of the yeah. the equation, the conversation for a moment. Yeah, but black to black, sometimes strong black women get called aggressive within even within our culture. Sure. And what do you like, what do you think that comes from? If you're, if what you're saying is behind every strong black man is a strong black woman. If we like rah, 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 and we get excited for that. Yeah. Then why is that not really the case And that? Like, why is that not walked out?
1: You know, sometimes I think there are, you're, you're asking two questions to, to define it and also to explain this aspect of it. Yeah if I had to attempt to explain it, cause I'm sure there are so many things that you can deconstruct with it. Um, sometimes women who grow up watching other women be powerful, mm-hmm. uh, don't learn the softer side. Ah. And so that's all they know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think what makes a woman powerful is knowing when to be powerful and knowing when to sit back. I like that. And so one of the things that we can even, if we're still looking at this movie, it is that it's interesting when the king or when someone of authority comes in, they're not trying to flex their right. power. Right. They know how to sit back and chill. And they know how to submit, right? And so then it's like, oh, wow, like there's still order in this place. So every time T'Challa came in in the first film, everyone folded their arms, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone stopped whatever they were doing and just stood at attention. Mm-hmm. And then when it was like, I need you to go over here and do this, it was like, yes, general. Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. my king yes whatever so it was never a thing of like oh no i I always got to defend and fight for myself because Mm -hmm. and that's the other thing too is i i think that there's a difference in being strong and trying to um being powerful and then trying to show yourself as being strong Mm -hmm. like no i gotta fight and and that's oftentimes it's from a defensive place more than it's from a place of I know who I am. And which is another thing I'm going to jump to in this film. And then I want to hear some feedback from you. It's just the question of who are you? Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and I forget what it is in. I think it's how you say it. But that the question is like, my name is so-and-so I am the son of so-and-so. And so then it's like. Right. some something like that. And it's like, when you hear that, it's. It's powerful. I was like, I'm going to teach my son to (laughs) be able to respond in that manner. Just because it's like to be able to say who you are and who your parent is Mm -hmm. or the person who came before you is or who raised you is. It's powerful because it's like I'm coming from a place. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to defend myself because my name already holds weight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times when you have women who are. Like, man, you're so aggressive, da, da, da. sometimes. And I'm not saying the person calling them that is right every mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there are often times where it's coming from a place of defensiveness that they're speaking out. Yeah. And so it it causes it to seem like strength that's not warranted or not needed at the moment.
0: Yeah. I like what you're talking about Um, in just that her strength really comes from her knowing when and where. To use her power, essentially. Yeah. I don't think I've mastered that just yet. I try to swing my power everywhere. <laughs> it's like one of those, uh, uh, you know, little sprinkler system that just is like... All over place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think as... But as I get older, I begin... I have started to learn more... Um, of that ability. And I think it is an art really. It's an art to it Yeah, because there, you, you really border the line being a woman. You either can be too soft and you're just kind of like a pushover or you can be too strong or aggressive as some say. Yeah. And you can, you can be like, I'm not taking any of this and right. I'm going to do aggressive things to you if you cross me. And so there's really a, a fine line that we walk being in that middle where it's like, I know when to hold them and I know when to fold them. And that's yeah. what I really like about this film is that the women in this film, like even um,
1: their parts are written so well,
0: they are. And and to give dignity to them being yeah. fully strong yeah. and being fully gentle. Like I even like how um, Nakia didn't share right away that she had a son. Mm. And she like reserved that for a special time, mm. and then when the special time came, she you know announced it and had that moment. Why do you like it? Um. Why do I like
1: that well, she did that? That she did. That. What does I that think communicate it, for you?
0: So I think it again. It's the idea of no one to hold him, no one to fold him. Because she could have said, "Hey, I have the son, and I have the you know the future king. The, exactly, the future king, and I have all these things." And she could have yielded that that power all over the place, but. I think the environment was a safe place for her not to have to do that. Number one. Mm. But then two, I think that, um, like the idea of knowing who she is and knowing who she was to him
1: yeah.
0: was important because they never married. So it yeah. wasn't like,
1: no, I think they did.
0: I don't know. In the movie, I don't think they married.
1: They, they mentioned it in some way, shape or form that it was like a secret ceremony.
0: Oh, okay. Cause I was like, yeah. I don't think they married. So she really didn't have any, yeah. Like rights in that type of way. But
1: one of the things she also says too, um, is she didn't want him to grow up with the pressure of the throne. Right. Which I I think speaks to your point too, of this idea that like, no, I'm more in pursuit of the power than I am in just being able to raise him Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just being able to let him have an experience as a young boy before he takes on the weight of this world. And so I think there's some, Something powerful about that, as you're pointing out, to with Nakia. And she holds it the entire film. Like, she doesn't slip up. Mm-hmm. She doesn't, like, say, oh, Siri's losing her mind. Let me tell her she has something to lose. Your nephew needs you. And it's like, what? You know, mm-hmm. like, it, it didn't mm-hmm. just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. where it was like, yeah, now I'm in control of this thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you saw her in many different lights. She was, one, rescuing um, Shuri. And then yeah, she was you know, uh, grieving the loss of T'Challa yeah. with his mom and having that moment.
1: And in a different way, because that's it's her baby daddy, her husband, her her significant other, right? And you pointed this out earlier, actually. There's a scene there where she's like, he was my everything. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? I don't know where you're going with it. You got to tell me. Oh, just that she... Um, when I first saw that scene, I was like, that's interesting, like to say it that way. And then... Um, I think that was the point that you predicted. She had a child mm. because it was like he meant more to her than like my king or my really close friend or you know the person who I didn't have to be a spy around. I could just be myself around, right? Like, mm-hmm. but you perceived more in that line than than uh, I did when I first heard it. Mm. But okay. But yeah, speaking of this uh, last power thing, there's one more example I wanted to give in this. It was interesting that the queen, Shuri's mother, whose name I'm forgetting right now. Queen. I forget her name.
0: They just called her queen mother.
1: Um, sh- when she passes away, they say her name. But when the queen is asking for help from... Uh, Namor? No not Namor. No when she's asking for help, she gets counsel from the guy who calls her... Uh, bought de demon Oh, Jabari. Jabari. The Jabari tribe, but well, he's the head of the Jabari tribe. Mm-hmm. And I forget his name right now. But essentially, like, it's interesting, too. And that's one of the ways that I would say, like, the difference between women who are per- portrayed Mbaku. powerfully versus, yeah, M'Baku, who are portrayed powerfully versus women who have to flex their power. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't afraid to ask for counsel or help from him, right. And so that was another moment where it was like, okay, mm-hmm. wow, this isn't a, power hungry now woman tribe and they just want to get rid of men Mm -hmm. because he had a very strong voice right like he he was the reason why she didn't just give up the girl right one of the main people because he's like well if we help him with this what's the thing that's gonna make them not want to continue to ask for more help or demand more things we need to take a stand now so that we're not caught up in a situation later and so they they do a very good job i think of having this this balance, if you will. Um, and then it's also powerful, powerful to see just like all of the other micro things going on. Like I said, I think the queen did a a really good job. This is why she got her golden globe. Like she, mm-hmm. she got mm-hmm. it. Angel Blassett deserves it. Shout out, shout out to her. Cause she, she really came through and did her thing. And I thought it was around the part where she was like, I gave my everything, you know, mm-hmm. my husband, my king, you know, all these things. And so it, it honestly, and I want to ask you from a therapist perspective, a few things. Do you think they mourned well? What do you think of the mourning scene? And just this fight in this dichotomy that the sister has where she doesn't want to mourn. Mm-hmm. And so the movie kind of edges on because she doesn't properly mourn. Mm, um
0: I wouldn't say she doesn't properly mourn.
1: Okay, go ahead. Talk about that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say she didn't properly mourn. I think. Grief looks different. Of course we know
1: that. And we don't. Tell me about What do you mean grief looks different?
0: <laughs> I say we know that because I think mental health is becoming like, uh, like hot topic-ish, yeah. like mainstream. So the buzzwords from our profession are being used. Green gaslighting, and all these other terms, terms are being used and kind of thrown mm-hmm. around here and there. And I think one of the more common ones also is that grief. Everybody grieves differently. Yeah. And so what I mean by that is somebody or somebody might sit in the house crying all day. Somebody else might use that grief to catapult them into success or, Mm. you know, something career wise, some other, you know, may use it to start addictions. Like people, Mm. people do different things when they hurt. Yeah. Um, and so I think her grieving was like taking her on a journey because she was experiencing grief, mm-hmm. and so it was taking her on a journey, and I think ultimately it, the, her grief led her to, um, take care of her people, mm-hmm. and almost um, come to terms with even the hate that she felt with her cousin, mm-hmm. and her identity and his identity and all of these. So I think her the whole story was kind of her on this path. Yeah. To to letting it to letting go. And even when she's on the on the beach. Um at the end of the movie, I think it was her kind of going through that stage of like, Okay, I have to kind of release this and let this go, but I'm remembering the good times and I'm thinking about these things. And so she gave up being with her people and addressing her people to mm-hmm. get that time away for herself. And so I think she had a good balance of like, I just fought for these people.
1: Yeah.
0: Mbaku can take care of it. I'm going to go here and just release and get my like peace of mind for mm-hmm. a second. Yeah. So I think she was on that journey. And I think, you know, if the story was to continue. We would see her work that out with her nephew and, and her sister-in-law.
1: Yeah. It's interesting what you're saying about grief and that. Um, sometimes, you know, how in our families we can do this thing where like, um, sometimes we can do this thing in our families where, Quietly, we don't ever say it to the person, but we're like, Oh, that's because they're grieving, you know? Oh, that's because this is going on, or that's going on. And so, as a result, like it's but it, it may not be the case, like, and usually it's around the bad things.
0: What are you talking about?
1: Like, sometimes it's like, Oh, I have a brother on drugs, I have a sibling on whatever, and it's like, Yeah, that's because ever since we lost Pa, it's just never been the same, which could be true, but I don't know that we often attribute the success pursuit to grief. Well, I'll speak for myself. I don't know that I perceive that to be the case. So that's new to me. That. And it's interesting to hear it in that way that when you're pursuing even a success, that could be a, a grief response. But the more I think about it, it does make sense because when you hear people like, what motivated you to get into this or what happened with this? And it's like a family member, my dad, my mom, somebody always had me looking at or playing with this thing. And so now I'm into this thing. Or uh, you know, so so I that can make sense, and that grief point is very interesting.
0: Yeah, and you had a second question for me.
1: The second question that I wanted to know around from a ther- therapeutic lens is: I was curious, uh, one about the, how, how they mourned and if it was proper grieving and all those things. And then, just as a uh, another piece, it was interesting and curious how the leader of the I'm forgetting the name of the people with the Talcon people Talkan people mm-hmm. just uh his whole thing mm-hmm. right i th- i think it's interesting that he's kind of been chilling all this time and i guess what motivates him is this this device that can find them so now he's like i need to protect my people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because from your perspective, um, there's a moment where it seems like Shuri's going to break through to him, where they're sitting alone mm-hmm. by themselves. And mm-hmm. he's like, she's like, you know, as the as the princess of Wakanda, I can't let this happen, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't, I don't want to allow it to happen. And his response is like, you don't have a choice, right? Either we're going to kill the girl mm-hmm. or you're going to help us go to war with everybody else. Yeah. And so um, I'm wondering, one, how long does it take for people to get over things? Because it seems like he's carrying this from when he was a kid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. and And if you think about our society at large, sometimes I think black people can be so caught up in it's the man's fault. It's, you know, these things that we hold on to. Um, does this make sense? Maybe I'm talking like vague and hard to hear. And so, um, so now how going long? A like, going a bit long, yeah. Now I mean, how long I mean, does I'm it take to get over it? Like
0: where you're going?
1: With how How could he have healed differently? How could he have healed differently? Yeah, but also like yeah, that maybe that might not be the right way to ask the question. But that's that's the way it's coming out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how could the guy have healed differently?
1: Yeah. Um.
0: I'm not sure Mm. that
1: maybe there's not one size fits all, but
0: yeah, I'm not sure there's one size fits all because again, he wasn't ever in the movie. It talks about how he wasn't ever, he didn't ever see the the land people like he never saw them. His mom had him in the water and he lived there. Mm. So he never got to see what was happening outside of it. So when he saw what was happening outside of it, it was almost like a shock shocker traumatic Mm. experience for him.
1: Yeah. And so
0: he saw them in one type of way. So I'm not sure Mm. he could have healed differently because before that time, I don't think he was yeah, exposed to that world, but it wasn't, it wasn't also, he wasn't, how do I say before that time he wasn't bent on destroying the world. He was just living underwater Mm. with his family. Yeah. It wasn't until he came up and saw what he saw and the guy called him the son of the devil.
1: That right. whole yeah. situation
0: that happened Or a child without love
1: Yes yep, child That without he love. said which, uh, is, Oh okay Namor is no amor Which is no love No love So, so it El an, niño no more.
0: So it wasn't until then That he saw that That he said fine That is That is That's me. the name I'm going to take is, on
1: mm-hmm, That is He took on that name Okay so here goes another question for you um, It's It seems Powerful what happens when you take on an identity mm-hmm. Ascribed to you Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: I'll talk about it in our next episode. Let's do it. <laughs> well, what Shakespeare said, what is in a name? What is in a name? We're going to talk about it on our next episode. Thank you guys for checking us out. You have any final words you want to say? That's a good way to end. No, nah, man. What is I love in you a guys. And then you
1: got me like, dang. What what where is this going to go? <laughs> so stay tuned.
0: <laughs> it's going to go. Cause it makes me think about like Jacob and
1: yeah, there's a lot to it. All all the names, the all name the names. that you take on, how does it inform your identity?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Or not even the name that you were born with. Hold on. I'm trying to end Come it. Come on. Not even the name that <laughs> you were born with, but the name that you allow people to call you. Yeah. Mm, that's yeah. good. That's good. Okay. Well, check us out next time when we're going to talk about what is in a name. All right. Y'all have a good evening. We love you. See you. Don't <șafety> <surtout>. go, <fascinated protestation>